now, Derek? The bullpen card's here. It's ready. Uh, welcome <laughs> in to another edition of the DHNX Feedback Podcast. My name is Derek Montilla. Of course, I am your driver of the bullpen cart. When Michaela isn't available, this guy over here, he's the vice mayor. He's also the Thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. I think the people uh, listening to us on audio only need to be aware of what you just did. Yeah, I just show. I just drove out a little bullpen cart, yeah, a little, a little, little, bullpen, cart little replica. bullpen cart replica that we got, a little on-track bullpen cart replica, and I just crashed it into Jesse's water. Cup and, and the sound effects, yeah, the sound, the sound effects, effects were, were, were key. Yeah, they. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not the it's not the same without the sound effects. But uh, welcome <laughs> on in. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Could uh, you imagine if the bullpen car was actually that noisy? Like if it, if it had like this like this like six cylinder yeah, engine like it roared. Give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, I rode in it. Uh, sadly, it does not make any of those noises. But, is it electric? I guess um, it's probably electric. It, it, yeah, probably it's not, definitely electric. Probably not going to put a, ga- a gasoline electric. engine uh, on uh, the field. But yeah, I suppose. Uh, Nick Ahmed is back for those of you that celebrate such things, and it's actually uh, great to see Nick out there. His first start since May fifteenth, two thousand twenty-two, uh, and it didn't take long. For Nick Ahmed to get tested out there in the field, the very first, uh, I believe, pitch of the game, uh, went very right first back, pitch to a Royals hitter, yeah, yes. to a Royals hitter, went right back at Nick, and there's a beautiful picture of his uh, his extension there, first game of spring, and Nick Ahmed Ahmed's already stealing hits, yeah, we're thinking he's back. It was it was great to see him back, and honestly, uh, he came into the clubhouse uh, with a sleeveless shirt on, showing off the guns, uh, <laughs> and I think he was already in, in the mood to kick some ass and that's what we saw out of him today yeah he was one for three with a couple of strikeouts at the plate so i'm sure it'll it'll take a little bit of time for Mm. for nick to get his timing back and whatnot uh defensively the biggest question is going to be his arm uh after the shoulder surgery last year and some wrist issues coming into spring this season um we need to see like does nick ahmed still have the elite level arm strength that he's shown in the past we didn't really get an answer to that question today. Uh, by my tally, he only got one ground ball the entire game, yeah. and it was a pretty routine play. So we didn't really get to see that today, but something to monitor moving forward. Well, it was another Dre day, and Dre Jamison was on the mound. Uh, did not have quite the success that he's had uh, in the past. Got nicked up quite a bit. He gave up a home run. He uh, got nicked up. Nicked up. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I said the thing. It's the way when you say the line in the movie, that's the title of the movie. Uh, but yes, no, Dre Jameson, not a great day. Uh, but he he did show, uh, I think, a lot of positives. Uh, he his, his strikeouts were rolling, and uh, he was pulled out of the game after an inning and a third, I believe, or two-thirds. Was it inning and two-thirds. Yeah, yeah, inning and two-thirds. <laughs> uh, but then he came back in the third inning and uh, actually – uh, looked really good uh, in the third inning, and he kind of credited it to the fact that he wasn't mixing up his pitches well enough uh, in the first inning in two-thirds. He felt like he was really just going out there and attacking the strike zone too much with, with the fastball and, and not really uh, giving the batters any you know other pitches to look at. It's crazy how, how quickly things can change, right, with, with the starting pitching battle that we've been talking about for a while, this yeah. competition for the fifth spot. Um, and that's not to say that Dre Jameson went from like the front runner to the to the last man no, on the list or no, anything. No. I actually think he pitched OK today. Uh, there were a few 98, 99 mile an hour fastballs that actually got hit yeah. uh, by the Royals, which is something that I think happens with Dre Jameson. He doesn't have the uh, crazy level of, of vertical ride that Ryan Nelson has on his four seamer. The movement on the pitch is not terrible, but it's not uh, incredible either. So once guys kind of figure out the timing of the pitch, I think it's maybe a little bit more hittable than you would expect something 
uh, coming at you that hard uh, would actually be. Um, but yeah, I, I think he looked, he definitely looked a lot better in that third inning uh, after the D-backs got him back out on the bench. Carlos Vargas came in, got the last out of the second inning. Uh, he came at, he came back in the third, and I think it was a one, two, three inning on nine pitches with a couple of strikeouts. So he definitely finished this one on a high note. The big thing was that he, like I said, said he wasn't play, uh, throwing his curveball early on. He also wasn't throwing the changeup. And it has been said that, you know, he does have a good changeup. And Dre... Uh, said, as you'll see here in this clip, that he really wasn't confident in his uh, changeup. He just, there's times where he doesn't, he's not feeling it and uh, kind of worries that throwing it may, it may be a detriment based on it just being a big old meatball down the middle of the plate if he doesn't have a good control over it. Yeah, um, it's a pitch that I definitely need to throw and trust because um, it's a really good pitch and my confidence behind that pitch is just not there um, and I need to I need to build the confidence on that pitch because ultimately it's it's a really good pitch and I think it's gonna get it's gonna be very crucial for me, you know, deep into games to throw that pitch. But early on in games, I don't really I don't want to use it if I don't have to. Um, and after that second inning, I had to use it, and I probably should have went to it a lot earlier than I did. Um, so it's it's definitely a crucial pitch that I need to I need to buy by and just throw it. And I, I definitely get what he's saying about uh, – he went on to explain about throwing it up in the strike zone the same way he's throwing his fastball. He may, basically just makes it hang, and he needs to make sure that he's locating it in order for it to be effective lower down in the strike zone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, once he was throwing that, uh, he, he you know, he, he definitely had – more success uh, against batters. Yeah, I mean, he only threw one changeup the whole game, and I yeah. guess it, it was and in one, that and one curveball. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think the changeup might have been in that third inning. Um, but yeah, it sounds like the Diamondbacks coaching staff really likes Dre Jameson's changeup. Um, and the question is more about does Dre Jameson like his changeup, yeah, and does he so. feel comfortable enough actually using it in games? Uh, when I talked to to Dre back at the beginning of spring training he told me that that was a point of emphasis for him over the offseason was trying to get that change up to a better spot where he can feel more comfortable using it uh, the key for any change up is is going to be maintaining your arm action you want it to look like it's a four seam fastball Correct. as you were talking about earlier Correct. and it's tricky for dre because he throws that four seamer to the top of the strike zone a lot of the time and so i think for him it's it's tricky kind of replicating that motion uh, but kind of driving that pitch down in the strike zone. Maybe it's something that that will take a little bit more getting used to. He told us that uh, in a recent bullpen uh, session that he threw, he threw 75% changeups. Like that's kind of a really big thing yeah. for him. And it appeared today that he's still just not quite there, uh, hence why he only threw one in, in his entire outing today. Well, in other starting pitching rotation news, uh, Brandon Fott was good again as well. Yeah, uh, he threw three innings over the weekend, gave up one hit, no runs, walked one, struck out four. Uh, and so, again, there obviously is two guys that have kind of emerged, I think, as front runners, being Dre Jamison and, and Brandon Fott. Did and you read an, an article by chance, Derek? That I, I might, might have, have. Is said it that over at GoPHNX.com. I think it is. I think it is yeah, over at GoPHNX.com. I, um, I think Gerald wrote it, so yeah, go check that yeah. out. Yeah, Gerald and Craig. It was a, a wonderful collab piece collaboration <laughs> from our two other writers here. But no, Jesse definitely has uh, some great information on that. And of course, 
Dre J he cursed Dre Jameson with that. Article. Yeah, so that's yeah, really I kind of figured that would happen, but I maintain that Dre Jameson wasn't terrible today. I mean, he, he really still wasn't. he still struck yeah. out five. I thought his stuff looked pretty good. He left a few pitches in some spots that he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a terrible outing for Dre. Jameson. More importantly, it's the way he bounced back. He joked about never having been put back into a game before after <laughs> having been pulled out. Uh, but yeah, usually that's not how baseball that's works. Usually not right? how baseball works. <laughs> but he uh, very much showed that he has that ability to bounce back right like that's something i know tory's talked about in the past and it's something that he said he's looking at when it comes to these guys as far as being starting pitchers can you give up a home run can you have a bad bad inning and then come out and and reestablish yourself and get back on track it's that's very big for for looking at someone to be a part of the starting rotation they're not just trying to fill a hole they're hoping that whoever they add as the fifth member of the starting rotation will remain there for the rest of the season. Obviously, injuries and everything else could impact that, but it's something Dre Jamison talked about. He talked about wanting to also stick around and not get sent up, back down, up, back up again. He wants to stay on the major league roster as as something every minor league player, I'm sure, wants to, yeah. but a lot of them are more uh, a bit more understanding about that they are going to be get you know, sent up and down, whereas yeah. Jamison sounds like he wants to do everything in his power to make sure that that doesn't happen, that he just stays around. Meanwhile, when it comes to Brandon Fott, it sounds much more like Brandon Fott, unfortunately, might not really be in the consideration despite yeah, how good he's doing. I like, don't I don't know. Do, are I, we looking too deep into this? I think we need we need the people to judge for themselves on this. We have an audio clip that we'll play here in a second. Uh, but basically, Tori Lovello was asked after Fott's outing, which was, again, very good. Five scoreless innings so far, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. It's as good as you could ask. For. Pretty darn good from yeah. Brandon Fott so far through two appearances. And um, Nick Pecora from AZ Central asked Tori Lovello, you know, obviously you're not you're not winning a competition, you know, at this stage of spring training. But has Brandon Fott done what he would need to do to kind of put himself in the middle of that conversation, at least at this point? And this is what Tori Lovello had to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think anything's possible in this game. Um, and I want everybody in that locker room to come to the ballpark, and especially on days that they're working, to try and impress them to do something spectacular. And I think he's, you know, he's doing exactly what we hoped he would do. And, you know, I don't, I don't know where, where it lands with all of our young starting pitchers. I just, just know we got a lot of good ones. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun to watch. And we're going to have a tough decision to make. Um, yeah, I think it's probably a little too early for me to even make comments about who's going to win that, win that spot. But it's nice to see that he went out executed. It's just the way that it's just the way that Tori like said. I, like I mean, it. yeah, he kind of backed into the manager speak as as he as he tends to he do. Did. But the way that he started this quote, he said, you know, I want I want guys to believe that anything is possible or something along those lines. Right. And and when you put it like that, it kind of makes it sound like it's a far fetched thing. Like, like if, you're dangling if, a carrot that can't be reached. Yeah. Like yeah. if Brandon fought was really in the center of this conversation, as one would expect him to be with the numbers that he's put up so far. You would expect Tori to be able to come out and say at least confidently that like, yeah, he's in the mix, you know, but his first comment was, you know, I like to believe that anything is possible for these guys. And that kind of sounds like, you know, you're talking about the the guy wearing number 94, you know, who, who's, you know, coming in as a non-roster invite and doesn't really have a shot. That kind of sounds more like 
uh, you're talking about one of those guys than a guy who has pitched as well as Brandon Fott has so far. Uh, speaking of those guys, the Diamondbacks did reassign some guys down to minor league camp, including uh, Slade Sacconi. Uh, I still think it's. I think it. I think Chicone. it is Chaconi. Yeah. I think it is. I know. That's why I've been saying it the whole time. Uh, Davison De Los Santos, Bryce Jarvis, Jordan Lawler, Blake Walston. No real surprises there, but obviously, I'm sure there's some people that are disappointed uh, that Jordan Lawler is being sent down. That was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, Jordan we, Lawler could have hit 700, and I and think he, probably he would still, been sent down. Yeah. still get sent Because Bryce yeah. Jarvis has done as about, as about as good as they yeah. could have asked of him. Which I don't think those words were in the right order. He's but done about as, as good. good I, as, mean, I, I understood what was, you said. It was very least. country. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, he, he, has, he has done as good of a job as you could ask of him, and he's still being sent down. So I think, again, with those guys, there's just certain guys that are not – at that point in their progression where they're even being considered for the roster, no matter how good yeah. they're doing. Uh, and they want to make sure that they don't do anything to slow them down. They need these guys playing games, being in competitive matchups, playing against other live baseball teams and doing everything they can to get ready. Should they, you know, uh, should they get moved up in the system and should they get called upon? Uh, but one guy that is ready is Ketel Marte who uh, deked Padres infielder, Tim Lopez off the bag uh, on a stolen base attempt. Uh, and it was incredible. I'm sure you guys all saw it. It was that game of, was televised. That was a and it was a game. viral clip on top of that. Like yeah. everybody in Major League <laughs> Baseball was like, "Look at what Cattell's doing!" And I loved it. It was right out of Little Big League, one of my favorite baseball movies of all time. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Uh, one oh, that there. one. We're gonna have to give him that one as an assignment. <laughs> but yeah, it was incredible. And uh, uh, you know what? Brandon Fott was quite thankful about that. Let's hear what he had to say <laughs> about Cattell making that play. Is it helpful having Cattell make that crafty play behind you? For sure. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, thank God. <laughs> At first, I didn't really know what happened. I was like, wait, he's out? <laughs> cool. uh, so things like that, just a bonus and got all the runners off base. Give me two outs. So uh, it was a huge play. It really was a huge play. I love honestly, that. That's such a wholesome response from Brandon Fox. Really like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about it is I need Cattell to keep shit like that for the regular season. We yeah, need to keep it yeah. under wraps. Yeah, you know? we, we asked Carson Kelly. I asked Carson Kelly about it as well after the game. And uh, and Carson said, like, yeah, he was he was impressed. He's never seen Cattell do that before. But he was also wondering, like, shouldn't we be saving that yeah, for the regular yeah. season? This is top like, secret stuff. Yeah, maybe. like, why are you giving that away in spring training? Yeah. Uh, Tori also said after the game that he's seen Cattell try that 45 times. <laughs> and this is the first time that it worked. So it, it is true. The rest of the time, it just kind of looks like a casual joke, like he's just messing with yeah. the runner or whatever. <laughs> But he wasn't messing with anybody. He was trying to get it out is what he was trying to do. Uh, Madison Bumgarner made his debut over the weekend. That was on Sunday. Uh, and it wasn't so horrible, I guess. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if I don't know what. I, I mean, what's the threshold for horrible? Know. Like, what are we know. what are we talking about? He went about out there here? and pitched three innings. He gave up two hits. He gave up two of everything. Two hits, two runs. Uh, two earned runs, two walks. Uh, but unfortunately, two hit, two hit by pitches, two hit well. by pitches. Uh, zero strikeouts, uh, so not yeah. two of those. But, uh, yeah, Mad Bum was dictating the pitch call through the pitch com, which was interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, apparently he was it's... together with, uh, with Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, it's something that apparently uh, may, is not officially legal to do in actual games yet. I think they, oh. the players might still be waiting to see if that's going to be a possibility come the regular season, but it's something a few D-backs pitchers have started experimenting with mm -hmm. where they're the ones initiating the call to the catcher, rather than the other way around. The idea 
is with the pitch clock, you don't have time to, you know, shake off three signs from your catcher anymore. You got to make sure you nail down what pitch you're throwing earlier in the pitch clock so that you can actually throw the pitch in time. Uh, so Mad Bum experimented with that in that game. And it sounds like he kind of traded places with Gabriel Moreno where he called he called some of those pitches as well, like you said. Uh, interesting, though, because I don't know. Do we want pitchers calling games? Uh, do we want a half and it's half interesting. thing like this? It's like, real interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like like that's the way that baseball's been run for forever, right? Yeah. Like the catcher is kind of in charge. And of course, the pitcher has some some say in, in what they're throwing as well. There's some communication that happens there. But, but the catchers problem is, call games, well, right? And the problem now is, is you can't shake off a guy like you used to be able to because right. you don't have that kind of time. Right. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why pitch. That's exactly why they're doing this. Yes. Uh, But you know what? Who uh, from for Mad Bum, it's might be something positive because maybe he is somebody that wants to kind of take a bit more of charge there when it comes to that. Uh, And honestly, if if it leads to him having a better, you know, better outings. I don't know if you want to call the three inning. It wasn't, it wasn't hit. great. It, it wasn't, wasn't great. great. But what I want to see for Mad Bum is for the man to get guys to swing and miss a little bit. Yeah. Because that's yeah. that part of his game is really faded since coming over to the D-backs. And it's not to say he needs to strike out 250 guys or something a year in order to be effective. But once you get down to like 6Ks per nine or something, I think he was a little bit above that last year. It's pretty tough to be an effective major league starting pitcher. And the fact that he didn't strike out anyone makes me think that, you know, he got got some soft contact. I think it was mostly ground balls, but you still need to start fooling some guys with your stuff if you want to, you know, be able to last deep in games. And Mad Bum didn't really show that. Uh, Michael in the comments says there's also the aspect of Moreno and Bumgarner being new to each other, which absolutely is the case. That is true. Uh, yeah. Matt Bum does get uh, he seems to adapt to catchers pretty quickly, though. And when he finds ones he likes, he likes to work with those guys. So hopefully Moreno is that guy so that uh, no knock to Carson Kelly, but that they have a reason to give Moreno more playing time. Because so far, we've really liked what we've seen out of out of the young Gabby Moreno. Um, yeah. What we don't like, what we've seen, though, out of another uh, player with the last name M is Mark Melanson. And that's why (laughs) this guy's here. Uh, Mark Melanson (laughs) continues to be very, very bad. Uh, And it's a bit heartbreaking because Melanson does take it very hard. So no matter, again, how hard Twitter can be on him, uh, you, you have nothing. You have nothing compared to how hard the man is on himself. Maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. Today I saw Strom having a meeting with him uh, before the game, and it didn't seem to have... Uh, too big of an impact because he had another really rough outing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were talking about, but yeah, Mark Melanson didn't pitch well today. Uh, we were in the clubhouse interviewing Dre Jameson during most of his outings. We didn't get a chance to actually see it for ourselves. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't good. Uh, opposing hitters are nine for fourteen against Mark Melanson in his two appearances with a home run. And a double against in spring him. training. Yeah, they're not even trying that hard. No well, one's trying that it's hard. Not, it's not necessarily that they're not trying. It's that some of these guys that Mark Melanson is facing aren't going to make the Royals opening day roster. And last I checked, the Royals are not exactly a juggernaut of an offense. Although the Royals are a juggernaut of a spring training team, I they will, are, I will tell you monster. that they're, yeah. they're ten and two. Ten and they're two. Ten and two. Yeah. No shame in no shame in getting crushed today. For give the them, D-backs. yeah. Give them, give them the trophy. Give them the cactus, <laughs> the league, cactus trophy. league trophy. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the bigger problem, though, obviously, and that's a question we're going to get down to later, is 
is what to do with Mark Melanson. What are the D-backs realistically going to do? Yeah. How far do they go, let's just say hypothetically, and he can't get things back on track? It feels it doesn't like look good, Derek. It feels it like he's going to be on the roster regardless, right? And I don't. I, I've talked about this in the past that I don't like the idea of harming the team or having someone on the team that you can't utilize them as as a reliable option uh, that you have to pay a bunch of money to. I would much rather that you just do something to to part ways with these individuals, yeah. pay them the money out, and let somebody else that's currently a part of your organization have that opportunity that can help you win b- baseball games instead of this. Uh, and again, this is about as drastic as as we can get because it's two outings in spring training. So the 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 reality of the situation, no matter how much people have said this to us on Twitter, Mark Melanson was actually pretty damn good to start off the year last year. I think things went the opposite way with Melanson, right? Wasn't he pretty yeah. good out of the gate and actually had a decent spring? Things didn't start looking bad for Melanson until we got like down the road. Actually, uh, I don't know if I would say Melanson. Melanson's velo was down last spring, and that's, I don't. That's true. That I don't true. remember him. But he got it back super up. Well, that was the joke the about the ninety-seven miles an hour. He did get it back up to like ninety-two, but then we're seeing it down again this spring. Um, and I think more than anything, he just really looks like like he has no clue as to what the answer is, right? I, and I, yeah. I and I I don't know what the answer is either. But uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that the Diamondbacks don't really have the ability to let him figure it out. Should he continue to cost them games, especially if he's going to be used in high leverage situations? Yeah. As much as I want to say it's two outings and it's early in spring training, which both of those things are true. The man gave up nine hits, like nine hits in two innings is a lot of hits. (laughs) So it's not to say he can't bounce back, but I mean, like, how can you? Like if if he throws five consecutive hitless innings at this point, he's still at nine hits allowed in seven innings and and a whole bunch of runs like you can't really recover the numbers at this point. But I guess this stuff could could look better the rest of the way. And that's certainly what the D-backs are hoping for. Let's go over uh, all of his at bats or not his at bats, but all of his, uh, pitch sequences, uh, gave up a single, a home run, a strikeout, single, 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 single strikeout, single strikeout, single double sack fly ground out. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. I'm just turning the bullpen around for our audio. Bullpen card. Yeah. Just (laughs) putting it out there. Uh, injury updates really fast. Kyle Lewis came away fine from his season debut on Sunday. Should be back at DH tomorrow. Uh, Paven Smith is still day to day with lower back tightness. Seems to doing fine. Uh, be doing fine. And then uh, we'll go over some of the other pitching stuff. But uh, in other Giants news, I guess other Giants yeah. related <laughs> news. Um, John Miller seems to think the Arizona Diamondbacks are a bush league organization. Here's the audio clip from an actual spring training game that a professional broadcaster. Uh, said I'm guessing I have to guess the D-backs decided ah the heck with the big leagues let's just not be a big league team for the split squad here's the 1-1 pitch and a fastball swung on a miss by Bryce Johnson it's one and two they have sent no public relations people over here no information about who the manager is or anything at all about him so if they don't want to be a big league team we'll just treat him like a sandlot team so they give us no information about anything so one of those guys on a red shirt managing and a right-hander one of their right-handers on the mound 
And there's a ball up and away. Three and two the count. I mean, there's certain things that go along with being a big league team. Like, try to act like a big league team. Three and two the count to Bryce Johnson. Here's Sacconi. And the pitch is bounced to second over to his right. Backhanding it, Castillo. And he throws out Johnson at first. See, I even had names. Did a little homework on what little we have, which is nothing whatsoever from the uh, the Bush League D-backs. We go to the third inning. The Giants won. Arizona nothing on the KMBR Northern California Honda Dealers Radio Network. <laughs> oh, my God. He didn't say that on an actual spring training broadcast did he dare like he, like the the mic was hot but he didn't know it that was that, a hot mic no he no that, he was calling the game jesse i'm not oh sure if gosh. you heard that but he was calling the game my man are you are you a major league announcer or not which one are you because i don't care what happens like isn't there a sense of professionalism isn't there your ability to overcome adversity when someone not provided with the information this is the sheet that he's complaining and bitching about right here <laughs> uh this is like the pr sheet that has all of the information about the players on it right but see Here's the other fucking thing. This is a goddamn computer, which we all have, and everybody can look up. And also, this little thing is also a fucking computer. And you know what you can find on here? All of the information about the Arizona Diamondbacks lineup and the players that were playing that day. You can also just make an attempt to be a little bit professional. So I don't know who's yeah. fucking Bush League here, but I would say it's the guy that decided to air all of his grievances about work that day on a broadcast when his job is to be calling the game and not bitching about not having the notes that he should have. Now, here's the thing. I'm not defending the Diamondbacks, whether they did or give them the notes, right? Like, we know that yeah. we walk past a little table in the press box every single day, and it has a neatly lied out pile from both teams that has tons of information, way more than any of us need, and everything that a broadcast team would need in order to put, you know, put a, this stuff together. I don't know if this information wasn't walked over to these people or if it just wasn't put out. This might totally be on the Diamondbacks, but... I'm also going to say it's on you for being unprofessional going out there on a fucking spring training game like it's the end of the world that you don't have the information and complaining like that openly about the team's PR staff not bringing you information like that's that's Bush League to me, if you ask me. Yeah, as, as Gabriel said in the comments, uh, it would have been a, a great time for Nick Castellanos home run. Oh, man. Probably while he's going yeah. on his little rant there. Yeah, that would have been perfect. <laughs> would have loved it. Would have loved it. Yeah, um, John Miller is the, for those asking like who this guy is, I guess you might not be familiar with that voice. John Miller's been uh, a Giants broadcaster for a number of years. He might have he might have done some stuff with some other teams. He as might well, be but... beloved, as far as we know. Yeah, I know that I know bashing him isn't going to get me. He any definitely new ha friends. comes across as kind of a curmudgeony, you know, sort sort of guy who's you know. Well, I mean, it wasn't like like granted the D backs that was a split squad day. This is talking about Saturday. Uh, so the D backs were playing at Salt River Fields. Yeah. They were also playing at Scottsdale Stadium. Brandon Fott was on the mound at Salt River Fields. That was kind of the, you know, the game that all the D-backs PR people, it seems, were, were at and, and the game that 
you know, certainly I was at covering because that was probably a bigger story. But it wasn't like the D-backs, you know, just started all minor leaguers or anything yeah, that day. Corbin Carroll was on that game. Corbin Carroll was the D-backs leadoff hitter. Jake McCarthy played. Emmanuel Rivera is a name that, you know, you should be somewhat familiar with. He's played for both the Royals and the D-backs at this point. Uh, Jose Herrera was in that game. Um, and the other guys, you know, Seth Beer played in the majors last year. Dominic Canzone, Blaze Alexander. Uh, not guys that will necessarily make the opening day roster, but guys that it's not that hard to find information about. So uh, I agree with you, Derek. I mean, it, it, regardless of how you think about, you know, the Diamondback side of this, I think we can all agree that coming on the air and saying what John Miller yeah. said yeah. is just is just yeah, unnecessary like no matter, and inappropriate. No matter, even if mistakes were made, even if they didn't do their job, right? Like yeah. there's it's it's how you react. And honestly, more than that, it's it's the fact that you're putting an entire organization on blast because you didn't get your notes when, let's be honest, there's plenty of information available to you if you just try to put forth a little effort. There's a yeah. scoreboard with every single player's name in the order that they're hitting. There's It's not like this is, you know, I, I get it. And again, I, I we don't know the case. We don't know if the information was put out. So we're trying to play devil's advocate here and say, okay, maybe there wasn't a single member of the media staff there and maybe they didn't put yeah. out any documents at all it still doesn't give i i think an announcer the right to go off like this but you do you boo if you want to be unprofessional <laughs> and you want to do that on, on a broadcast then go right ahead like i said i'm sure there's people that loved it and thought it was hilarious uh whereas i think that it's just a crummy move you're a bozo and that's what i think but you, you know what the, the, the craziest thing about it derek what is the bush league d-backs beat the giants sure the that day did. nine to five <laughs> sure did. so and guess what they're gonna do that during this season so stay <laughs> tuned but uh one thing that you need to make sure is that you are fueled up with snacks like my delicious little wriggly sour worms right here um if i go on a road trip I'm buying multiple packs of these, and this is how I'm staying awake uh, for the entire drive. And you can get wonderful snacks like this at our friends Circle K all over the valley. We are very excited to partner with our friends at Circle K uh, to get your local uh, best coffee, beer, and snack selection and premium gas over there. Uh, we are excited to kick off our partnership with our amazing friends over there that we are teaming up for an amazing giveaway opportunity. Text PHNX right there on your screen to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card, which we know we all need. Uh, see show notes for details, but of course, get down on that. Uh, Sean in the comments says, Jesse, that color green looks Aww. great on you. Oh, what? I agree with you. I'm, but I'm half, saying about my shirt. What the hell? I'm, oh, half, I'm half Irish, oh, so yeah. I, I look good in any shade of green oh, in, man. in my book. All right. I don't like this. Don't what you're like saying this. about that uh, that Circle K gas card does sound nice because I'm pretty sure I'll have I'll have driven the entire Loop 101 uh, today. He I drove think over I've, 100 miles. I think today. I'm I'm putting over 100 miles on my yep. car just by going from my place to Surprise Stadium, mm -hmm. driving on the 303, which is a highway that I should never have to drive on. I tried to tell him, and and then coming him. downtown to the to the studio. So uh, here we are. Gabriel <laughs> says Circle K brand hot potato chips replace the hot Lay's shaped hole in my heart. Yes, they do. Uh, and honestly, their Wrigley Sour Worms are better than any name brand Wrigley Sour Worms you can get, and I will stand by that. Uh, also, my favorite beer, Four Peaks. Grab yourself some Four Peaks. We have all sorts of wonderful stuff through the month of March to celebrate and to drink to, and you should do that with the wide variety of beers that our friends at Four Peaks have. Also, they got your Beer Week Entertainment covered, so make sure to check out their calendar over at fourpeaks.com slash events. Uh, and grab your tickets 
for Four Peaks amazing spring beer dinner at fourpeaks.com slash events. More information over there on that spring dinner as well. But trust me, the food at the A Street Pub is not to be slept on. It is not to be messed with. It is not to be second guessed. Everything is good. There's never been a single, like this guy does not stray from the chicken tendies. When it comes to chicken no, tendies. never. Him, he's the he's the most loyal. Although next time we're out at Four Peaks, I might have to I might have to experiment a little bit. I'm told they have other things on the menu other than chicken tendies. I'm not. I need, even look at the I menu. need to figure out if yeah. that's true or not because no. I'm not sure. <laughs> they hand him the menu and he's just like, "I'm good, dog." Uh, chicken tendies. <laughs> um, but make sure check out our friends over at Four Peaks. Uh, must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Um, Sean DePaz says, Derek, I don't compliment you for the same reason LeBron doesn't win MVP every mm, year. I, I don't, it. I don't like that comment. I fucking get it though. I get it. <laughs> Gabriel is absolutely right. The gas did go up by like 40 cents yeah, overnight. I don't yeah. understand how that happened. I'm really regretting not filling up my tank like oh two days God. ago because yes. I think it would have made a substantial yeah, it difference. It really would have. It really would have. <laughs> um, but you know, you know what we do on this show. Every day we worry about gas prices. Uh, every week <laughs> is Shark Week. Every day is Earth Day, and every Monday we go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox, and then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go wow, wow. My mailbox. All right, what do we got for questions? First question comes from our man Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel asks, uh, do you have any opening day traditions? Well, mm. uh, I don't know, Jesse. I feel like yeah. getting kissed on the street by a stranger is yeah, now not, my opening day Yeah, let's not make tradition. that a tradition. That, that let's does, go! That does not need to be I need a hot, drunk woman to stop by and kiss me. My <laughs> wife's already said it's okay. I will be out on the streets in front of... Chase Field. I know opening day is on the road, but I'll just be out there. You know what I mean? I'll just be that, out there waiting. That could only happen though if Seth Beer hits another walk-off oh, home run on opening yeah, day. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's another opening day tradition we have is Seth Beer <laughs> hitting walk-offs. That's that's what we got. We haven't been around very long. This is going to be our, our our second opening day. So I don't that's know. True. We that's need to true. establish some new opening day traditions so you guys can help us do that for sure. Uh, we are, by the way, going to be hanging out with our friends from Four Peaks. We are going to be broadcasting live uh, from downtown Phoenix on opening day at Chase Field. So make sure to stop by, say hello, uh, hugs. I have foam fingers to give away. We have all sorts of great stuff in store. So uh, make sure that you stop by. But I don't know. We, what are we? Yeah, I, I will say that when I was a teacher, my opening day tradition was trying to convince my boss that, that we should just let the kids not come to school that day. Um, and hence, let me not have to work that that's day. Fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great, brilliant. but yeah. the the tradition never really paid off. Unfortunately, yeah. no. uh, my my boss was not on board with that. No, so, I yeah. imagine not. Um, I used to have an opening day tradition of always trying to find the commemorative pin, which got mm. harder and harder to find as time went on. First, it was very easy. Like you could just, I mean, I think even commemorate what commemorative pin. So they have a pin that they make for opening day and it'll have both teams on it. And it's just oh. usually sold on opening day and you can only get it on opening day. So I did not even yeah, know. Yeah. So there huh. was a time where I had every single one of these. And I, like, even if I wasn't going to the game, I would try to find my way down to the team shop and buy the opening day pin. Uh, so, so I assume it would be like for your, the for the home opener. Yeah. So like even if the D backs opened yeah. on the road. Right, right, right. Open. Yeah. It would be the uh, home opener. Correct. Huh. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That, and I we'll visit have to my start. brick. We'll have to start. Some I go. I go polish my brick. The Derek won this brick for twenty five dollars in the ground over there. 
Oh. Derek paid twenty five dollars for this brick, is what it says. I go make sure it's clean. I check it out. <laughs> get a little toothbrush in there. Get the grout around it. And stuff <laughs> like that. That's that's one of my opening day traditions. Uh, what else we got? Uh, ball in wall, Ben. I'm sure I know that Ben. Ben o five six four on Twitter. He says, "What's your hypothetical trade package?" For a Diamondbacks Otani deadline acquisition. Oh my gosh! Oh, Ben's been enjoying our friends at OGs. I, think. <laughs> uh, now, I don't Can know. Can I talk about how absurd it would be for the yes. Diamondbacks to actually Please do that? Do. Like, even if ever, like, if the Diamondbacks are on pace to win a hundred games at the trade deadline, I'm not sure that you want to go trade for Shohei Otani because you're not just going to gut like. Your your farm system depth, you very well might have to trade paces off your pieces off your major league team as well. Yeah. Um, and even so, do you want to gut any part of your organization for half a season of Shohei Otani when he's about to become a free agent and you're gonna have to pay five hundred million dollars or something ridiculous to bring him back? It's sort of a non starter for me, Derek. I have a hard time entertaining even the thought of trading for Shohei Otani. Nobody's gonna trade for Shohei Otani. At, at the trade deadline, the price is just going to be entirely too high, and I don't think the Angels are going to want to do that anyway. Now I'm sure I'm going to eat my words in now, fairness that I, now that to I you, said that out loud. Uh, Sean DePaz says, really, who is off limits? And So many people, Sean, are you kidding me? Who is off limits? Like, you're not going to trade Corbin Carroll for no. half a season of Shohei Otani. No! Right? I think there's only one player that's off limits for Shohei Otani. Who? Corbin Carroll. I would trade no. every single other person. No! I don't no. know. You guys, he it's not a fucking sign and trade. It is a <laughs> half a season of Otani. <laughs> you're all drunk. I need you guys to all fucking sober up. This is nonsense. No. I mean, there's like, so many people. Six years of control of like Jordan Waller. Instead, no, we're going to get a half a season of yeah, Otani. Yeah. No, I will riot in the streets. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. All right, what else we got? We're going. Ben, you did bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're upsetting you. Guys. Uh, Chris is trying to set me off tonight, Jesse. She says, "What is Luca?" Well, you know, sometimes Jesse, you got to give the people what they want. Are we and a sun you, show again? Yeah, would you allow me right to? Now? Excuse me. Let's sure. see here. What is Luca? Luca is a whole ass hoe. You know what Luca <laughs> is? A whole ass hoe. I hate Luca so much that I don't currently have anybody that like relates closely to how much as a fan. I hate Luca. I hate Luca for all the right reasons and even some of the wrong ones. But I just hate Luca and that smug ass look on his face. Oh yeah. Uh, but we actually have a question in regards to this that Jesse doesn't think is even uh, slightly and uh, something we can answer. But related, who is Luca to the D-backs? Yeah, I don't know. Meaning, which I just, player? I just don't know who. Like, who is the baseball equivalent of Luca Doncic for the Arizona Diamondbacks? There is like there is no one like that, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of depth to the story with Luca because the the Suns obviously probably should have taken Luka Doncic instead of taking DeAndre Ayton. And when I think about the past with the Diamondbacks, like is there one player that was right there for them that they should have had that they passed on and then they like formed beef with later on? I don't know. I don't think that player exists. Am I wrong, Derek? You are wrong. Okay. All right. Enlighten me, please. Jazz Chisholm. Interesting. Jazz Chisholm. Hmm. Right? Who, who gets that gallon fired up? Okay. Who's that guy? All right. I don't hate it. Right? He I, was I a D-back. He was a D-back. I don't think it's a great comparison, it's but it's a better as, comparison than I had in my mind. It's as close as we can get. It's somebody who is uh, an exciting player. That's the talk of the league, even if his 
stats don't quite stack he's up. He's on the too. cover of MLB good, The Show, so right. clearly he's beloved in the public eye a little Luka, more than Luka, he should be, kind of like Luka Doncic, right? right? right yeah, yeah. I, I get it. He has I get a connection it. to the team where he could have been part of our team. It was a easily. trade. It wasn't a draft, but pretty close. But he was part of the D-backs, and yeah. he could have stayed here, but instead they opted to trade him for Zach Gallon, right? And, uh, yeah, that's... That's pretty much it. Uh, Sean agrees with me. He said yes. He's yeah. I, I was think thinking Dansby Swanson, but answer. I don't hate Dansby Swanson. No, there's no way. beef. There's no beef. No, with there's Dansby no. Swanson. There's no beef with Dansby. There is beef with Ryan Braun, but but you don't have the part of the story like the. I don't the think the, I don't think the, the D backs were ever going to get yeah, Ryan right, Braun. Right. Manny Machado is kind of uh, despised by a lot of fan bases, but I don't know if the D backs necessarily have a huge beef with him everybody. In particular. Hates Man- everybody hates Manny Machado. I guess the D backs were rumored to be interested in trading for Manny Machado a few uh, years ago. True. So yeah. there's like maybe some connection there, but not quite that's, the connection. You done pretty good, Derek. You done right. pretty good. I'm not All gonna right. lie. I Jazz Chisholm is not a name that came to my mind and I think that's a pretty darn good answer. Yep. Luke is still a whole ass hoe. What else we got? <laughs> Uh, Chris back again. Uh, this one comes from her son Aiden and Aiden asks, uh, how do you define sports movie? Uh, example, Varsity Blues isn't a football movie because if the main character didn't play football, it would still be about the same movie versus movies like The Sandlot, Blindside, White Men Can't Jump, where the movie couldn't exist without the sport. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a lot to that of what you just said. Uh, it goes I, I, back to our debate about what makes a Christmas movie. What right? makes a Christmas like, movie? Like is is Christmas Die Hard movie? a Christmas yeah. movie or not? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it really does come down to I don't think there's a lot of movies where the sports aren't an integral part of the movie but there are some where it's just kind of a background factor you know they're they're a, they're they're an athlete in some way but sure not really uh, I, I i think that he's spot on with his assessment there as far as like movies yeah. like varsity blues where it could be any profession but i don't know varsity blues still feels very much like a football movie um i mean there's there's some movies where it's more about the business and not the sport itself one of my favorite movies of all time is Blue Chip starring Nick Nolte because it was such a good like because I was young when a lot of the, you know, cheating, like paying athletes to be a part of uh, college teams. And it was a you know, obviously it was a, a, a not allowed. Uh, and so like there's a lot of cheating scandal stuff that was explained in that movie that helped me like understand it. But also ah. Shaquille O'Neal was just delightful in that movie, <laughs> and I love him. It's probably his best performance besides Kazam, obviously. Um, but uh, Gabriel Ferris says Jerry Maguire. That's a perfect example. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, I, you, I, sometimes I even forget about that being a sports movie. Like, I don't think of that. I have no though. idea what you're talking about. So. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, no. It's, no. A, it's a Tom, Tom Cruise movie where Tom Cruise okay. is a sports agent, and his client is a wide receiver on the Arizona Cardinals, in fact. Wow. Yeah. So there okay. You go. Okay. Right. Uh, what else we got? Uh, is there a chance Melanson just gets DFA'd? And this comes from our friend Jacob Giacoma, uh, at Giacoma Jacob on Twitter. Uh, it will cost to do it, but would be a worth avoiding the losses he might cause. Mm. Uh, Jacob, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I don't like that idea, and I don't like the idea of giving up, and I don't think that the Diamondbacks as an organization are going to give up on either of these guys uh, this year when it comes to Bumgarner or Melanson, Melanson, despite their performances. I don't think they're going to give up on a lot of guys on the team, despite the fact that, uh, you know, uh, obviously the guys with options that they can send down, that's a little bit different. But uh, unfortunately, I think win, lose, or draw, these guys are going to be part of both the starting rotation and the bullpen. 
it just depends on how they're utilized and how Lavolo decides to go to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I I agree with you that the Diamondbacks are probably not going to move on from Mark Melanson, at least at this juncture. I just think it's too early for the team to to commit to that. Whether or not they should is a is another question. I don't think they're going to do that, though. Um, Tori Lovello has already talked about Melanson after his first outing, which he you know, very much struggled. He gave up six hits in his first outing. Uh, Tori said afterwards that he's not going to treat Melanson like a guy who's fighting for a spot on the team, basically implying that it is a foregone conclusion that Melanson is going to be part of this team. Now, we don't know what role that necessarily is. You know, it doesn't sound like it's a back end reliever necessarily. Uh, it could be in more of a mop-up capacity. But if you are using Mark Melanson in a mop-up capacity, eventually, maybe you get to the point where it's like, yeah, maybe we'd rather have someone else step into that role. Like, in some ways, by using Mark Melanson in a mop-up role, you've kind of already given in to the fact that he's just not going to be the player that you wanted him to be. And you might just be willing to be like, okay, we have other guys that we want to get some innings for. You know, uh, Justin Martinez, Carlos Vargas, Corbin Martin, right? Some of the younger guys who you're a little bit more excited about as far as the future is concerned. Maybe you want to give those innings to to those guys instead and see if they eventually develop into a role. Um, whether that happens anytime soon, though, I, I don't think I see it. I think it's probably going to be a while. I think the D-backs need to see Melanson in the regular season. And if he continues to struggle, I, I could see them moving on during the season. It's just one of those things like making a mistake and then compounding it by not admitting that you made exactly. a mistake and continuing yeah. to go, you you know, uh, you, you, you bought some device to trim, you know, your bushes out front, but it's way more hassle than just a good old fashioned, you know, like, you know, pair of hedge clippers. But because you spent $300 on this device, <laughs> you're going to use it. Like, you can't gonna, take it back. Can't take it back. You're going to use it now. Right? Like there's things like that that I... I understand the amount of money invested in these guys kind of requires you to use utilize them. But if yeah. it, if it uh, we're not talking about, you know, like, oh, him and Justin Martinez are comparable or Justin Martinez. Uh, they're comparable. Right. I'm not like it's not like it's 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 just a little bit off. We're talking about Melanson right now being completely ineffective. And we're just talking about spring training games, like Jesse said, against Royals players that aren't even going to make the big league roster. It's not to knock them. It's more to knock Mark Melanson, obviously. But it's also to say, right, like if this is where he's at now, where is he going to be when he's facing major league hitting uh, on on a you know nightly, weekly basis uh, during the regular season? Yeah. Hopefully he can get back on track before then. This is a great time to be bad, spring training, especially when you're not fighting for a job. You're really just trying to work stuff out and get yourself back on track. Uh, but – it's concerning, and the cons- the most concerning part is the lack of their commitment, or or not lack of commitment. The, the disturbing is their commitment to him, based on the financial, you know, finance finances that they're paying him. It just doesn't look like they're going to part ways with Melanson if he continues to be ineffective. It, it like just everything Jesse said sounds right. So uh, basically, hopefully, the the what we can hope for is that he gets gets back. Right, because yeah. that's really the only thing, really, that's going to, I think, turn this thing around. Regardless, he's going to be pitching. He's going to be coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, I still, like, I do have to say that part of me wonders if the Diamondbacks are going to speak publicly like Mark Melanson's role is not at all in question, and if there's 
just a smidge of possibility that it actually might be in question yeah. Yeah. and that maybe the team doesn't want to talk about that. They're not going to, you know, go on the record talking about that at this point, which is understandable. But you have to believe it. I mean, if Mark Melanson continues to just be utterly ineffective in spring training like he's been, there has to be some level of of poor performance where you're just like, we just can't do it. Yeah. You know, we maybe it's yeah. maybe it looks like a, a mystery injured list stint at the beginning of the year where the D-backs can, you know, try to work with him a little bit more. Maybe it's that instead of, you know, just a straight up, you're not making the team. Um, but I don't know, man, it's hard for me to believe that the D-backs don't have at least some willingness to reconsider when it comes to his role this year. Yeah, I, I, I maybe I agree. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, last question comes from uh, Ryan Hanley. Hanley writes, what is the best ballpark food at Chase Field? Hmm. Hmm. I, know, I know we've answered this before, but the season's right around the corner. So we want to help you guys out. We want to remind you uh, of what the good uh, food is. And the best place at Chase Field is Hungry Hill. That's the answer. Uh, Hungry Hill's meatball sandwiches, their uh their brats they're just everything they have there it doesn't matter the italian beef everything they have at hungry hill is delicious there's two stands i believe there's two stands on the main concourse level uh and you know honestly there there might be some better options this year i wasn't thrilled with the options last year i got to admit there was a lot of the same a lot of chicken tendies yeah. around the ballpark which i know this guy's thrilled about but uh, <laughs> four peaks four chicken peaks. tendies there yeah, there, is a, there yeah, is a there's difference. a four peaks there's, four, <laughs> there's all uh, cold beers and cheeseburgers open now and i actually had their uh, hamburger with Saul not too long ago and it was delightful so that's a really good option too but uh salt river fields also has some some decent options as well i know that there's the island noodles uh, location is my personal favorite, but uh, everything at Salt River Field seems like it's a bit expensive. It's a little expensive. Yeah, I mean, that's I, why I don't think I've consumed anything at Salt yeah. River Fields, at least not this year yet. Uh, Sean Paz says Gonzo's chicken and waffles. The waffles are top class. I didn't know they sold waffles there still, to be honest. I thought they took them away after they changed it uh, to be Gonzo's and removed the waffles. So see, even I don't know everything. Uh, There's right. like a little Mexican food cart at Chase Field. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, name, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the name of it is eluding me, but that was very good. Yeah. Uh, I had that once or twice during the season, and I was I was pretty dang impressed. The tortas at La Terranza are fantastic, That's too. What it like is. up in the top corner, up in the upper deck. Those are amazing. Uh, and uh, Gadzooks, the enchilada place. Uh, oh, wait. Is that what I'm talking about? Maybe. Is it yeah, the enchilada yeah. in the little yeah, thing? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm so talking Gadzooks about. There we is, go. was something I did not think was going to work. And I got to tip my cap to them because they've done everything. Like, they actually blew my mind with their presentation and how neat and edible they make enchiladas in a ballpark setting, which I thought were just going to be an absolute fucking mess. And they weren't. So I got to say I was wrong on that one. And, uh, yeah, they are definitely... A great option. I, I like food options like that. I like the versus hot dog. I like a lot of the stuff they've done. I just I think we need more of a variety. You know, that's one thing yeah. I think the ballpark could definitely use. I think I had the pirates uh versus dog and I was it wasn't it wasn't really that yeah, great. It was not, just like an expensive hit, hot dog with coleslaw and french fries on top. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's not <laughs> that's not good. Uh Sean DePaz says Scoopwell's cookie dough and ice cream. Yeah, they're new and they are excellent as well. Definitely. Um, all right. That's all we got for Mailbag Monday. We thank you guys so much for your Mailbag Monday questions. But you know what would be good at Chase Field? A spaghetti shack. Ooh, That's what would be good. Yeah. ASU alum owned and operated in Tempe, Arizona. 
uh, and they brought us some delicious spaghetti and meatballs that is actually Jesse. Jesse and I had a wonderful Lady in the Tramp style dinner. Uh, <laughs> we did not uh, do the spaghetti thing because, you know, Jesse, he refuses to do stuff like that with me. But uh, they do serve a menu uh, starring spaghetti, meatballs, garlic bread, and a few other fan fra- favorites. Uh, and their mission is to provide quality, affordable food as quickly as possible so that you can spend less time cooking and more time with your loved ones. So uh, thank you to Spaghetti Shack for their wonderful food. And again, see, a Spaghetti Shack at Chase Field would kind of be fire because what I'm looking for is a variety, right? I like like I like ballpark food, but Jesse and I are there a lot. 81 games is a lot of time to be at a place yeah, and eat. I'd take some the, spaghetti the in, that, in yeah, that joint. Exactly. Yeah. So let's see if we can do that. But the Spaghetti Shack is a community-focused to-go pasta concept started right here in Tempe, Arizona by five lifelong friends. Uh, we are currently serving... Tempe and Queen Creek and hope to come to your neighborhood soon. So keep an eye out for the Spaghetti Shack. Big thank you to all of you guys for being here in the chat. Uh, Whoever gave us that thumbs down, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was Ben. And I'm sorry, Ben, if that helps you get rid of that thumbs down. Because, you know, it affects Jesse's mental (laughs) psyche. But uh, thank you so many of you guys for being here. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, and any of our wonderful shows go live, leave us a thumbs up, not a thumbs down. Uh, and also, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, we promise we won't forget about you guys over there. We love you guys, too. Uh, make sure to subscribe there if you haven't done so already. And leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Big shout out to all of our diehards out there. If you aren't a diehard yet, grab yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com. Get Jesse's wonderful article uh, or newsletter, Full Count. You also get access to all of the writing from our writers over there at gophnx.com. You get a free piece of merch from phnxlocker.com, like that wonderful Kevin Durant Slim Valley Reaper shirt. Uh, And then there's that other shirt too. Uh, And also you get one of those merchandise. You get 20% off all future purchases as well. Uh, You get members-only merch. You get members-only discounts. Uh, So much stuff uh, over there as being a member at gophnx.com. And also members-only invites to some of our events. So sign up. That way you get some uh, discounts with our partners as well. Uh, Jesse... Zach Greinke is still a menace. He is, and in the best me, way possible. In the best possible way. <laughs> uh, he faced a man that was on the Los Angeles Dodgers who wasn't actually allowed to swing the bat. Fractured pinky. Fractured pinky. Yeah. Miguel Why is Vargas. he in the lineup? Why is he in the lineup? He's in the lineup apparently because he he wants to track pitches. Like as part of kind of getting your timing down early in spring, it's still helpful to be in the box and you know be up there seeing different pitches that the pitchers will throw at you or in in the case of when you're facing Zach Granke you just have a pitcher just trying to mess with you the whole time because he knows that you can't swing the bat uh and Granke did a phenomenal job of that the other day uh not only did he do a phenomenal job of that he 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 didn't even give Miguel what he wanted he didn't give him real pitches he just no. threw pitches in the strike zone. He threw he threw he threw the ball into the strike zone. He didn't throw pitches. He just threw <laughs> the ball into the strike zone. Uh and uh it was quite hilarious. He missed it once, right? Yeah, but he did a, he did throw a ball. He did yeah, throw a curveball, a little inside. Mm-hmm. Uh but other than that, I think it was a ninety two mile an hour fastball that mm-hmm. was just kind of right down the middle. Yeah. Uh and then he just kind of lobbed something else up there. I'm not really <laughs> sure what exactly it was. <laughs> he was just um, playing catch with the catcher at that point. It was pretty fantastic. But this does have a tie-in back to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> because when we talk about competing uh, for that final starting rotation spot, Ryan Nelson is one of the young pitchers who is currently uh, competing for that spot. And Ryan Nelson, 
faced Miguel Vargas. And we aren't sure 100% if Ryan Nelson knew Miguel Vargas was in this particular situation with a fractured, fractured pinky and inability to swing. But the results to uh, at-bats was that Nelson walked Vargas both times. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Like, you know a guy can't can't swing the bat and, and you're still not throwing strikes. Like, that's not... That's not a great look. Oh I, I still wonder, number one, there is like, did the D-backs, did Ryan Nelson actually know that Miguel Vargas right. was in this situation? Right. Which so. I don't know how they wouldn't have because it was like floating around on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> if I, Twitter knew. I if Twitter know. knew, yeah, I kind of yeah. feel like they would have. Uh, but number two, there's also the aspect of like, would it have even changed Ryan Nelson's process? Like, it's spring training. The games don't count, right? So, like in a regular season game, of course, just throw three strikes, get them out. In a spring training game, as a pitcher, you're trying to work on some stuff. You're not necessarily just trying to like get everybody out as fast as you can. Um, so maybe it wouldn't have changed anything. Maybe Ryan Nelson did know about it um, and was trying to locate some secondary pitches or whatnot, and and it just didn't go his way. But eh, it's still not a still not a great look at the end of the day. Sean DePaz is trying to make us feel better by saying everyone is walking. Yeah. Vargas, though I don't care. He's walked in like at one point it was half. Uh, I think like four of his first eight plate appearances How? of the season. What and is then going a walk, on? Which yeah, I don't. Oh, maybe you're insanity. just really nervous. Like when you know that a guy can't swing, <laughs> it like kind of gets in your head a little bit. I I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Oh man. Well, uh, in other Nelson news, he was actually scheduled to come out of the bullpen, which didn't look very good for his chances as far as competing. I wouldn't uh, necessarily wouldn't and, necessarily read into that too much, but that was going to say that I'm the plan say, I'm on paper was to have to. Ryan Nelson pitch on back of Zach Gallen uh, tomorrow. Zach Gallen's making his spring training debut on Tuesday. Uh, D-backs were scheduled to have Ryan Nelson pitch on back of that outing, um, but instead he'll pitch in a B game against the Texas Rangers back at Surprise Stadium. Uh, thank God I don't have to drive out there for it. So uh, we have another another game in Scottsdale to cover. So I'll, I'll be over I'll there. Never go to Surprise ever again. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like you, you said, don't even live that far from Surprise, oh, that's, Derek. That's Come what's on, so now. frustrating about it. That's what, it's so <laughs> close, but yet so far away. That's why I get so frustrated. Uh, we need a freeway that goes right to downtown. <laughs> Surprise is what we need, uh, or right to the stadium. That'd be preferable. Uh, like you said, Gallon is scheduled to go three innings, forty-five pitches tomorrow. Yep. Um, so great to see him out on the bump, and uh, of course, Ryan Nelson now starting in that B game gives him, you know, again uh, keeps people like me from speculating on if he's out of the competition or not. Whatever. I'll speculate all I want. That's his. It's his job. It's to a be little reasonable. early for anyone care. to be out of any competition I don't at this care. point. But you know what? It's also a little early for you to not have. Uh, actually, it's late. I should say for okay. you to not. Have I was wondering your, where you were going with that. Your your, your apartment <laughs> decorated yet, or have ah. the furniture purchased? But uh, of course, Jesse needs all the help he can get, and the place he can get it is at morefurniture.com. They have a wonderful variety of furniture, some of the best you can get in the valley for some of the biggest value you can get uh, and they also have their white glove delivery service where they will not only bring your furniture uh, to your house they will help you get that couch in the door without you needing to figure out how to do it uh, and they will set it up for you as well so make sure to check out uh, morefurniture.com save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com also shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook of course uh, they make sports more fun I already got my early major league baseball bets in can't wait for the regular season to start uh, getting those getting those bets in, and of course, all sorts of fun stuff to bet on uh, when it comes to DraftKings. Same game parlays, all sorts of boosts and um, opportunities to opt in uh, for more money 
when you win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code PHNX if you're a new customer. You can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, that's all we got. Uh, guys, tomorrow we have a staff meeting, so we will be out. I'm going to beat Jesse in some sort of trivia game on a game show type <laughs> thing, so I'm, I've been looking forward to We're not to on that. the same team for that. Shouldn't we be on this? Somebody has to be on my team, and I feel I, really bad for whoever it is honestly. because I whatever kind of a game, I don't know what kind of a game show this is, but generally game shows probably don't tailor to my skill set very well unless it's like a if it's like a wheel of fortune game show i'm pretty good with words are that you I, can are, I mean are you gonna know pop culture references no, and pop phrases culture, and pop quotes? culture references no, no but but no. if you give me just like a general category and a puzzle to solve i, I swear to god to Saul it. bookman if you put me on the team as jesse tomorrow i will not <laughs> i just won't play i will just fucking leave you understand me um, anyway, I'll just hide out at Salt River Fields. Yeah, and that's you, what you guys don't yeah. have to worry about me. All tomorrow. right, well, <laughs> he really does want to be there more than anywhere else in the world. So uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter for all updates on the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's at Jesse N. Friedman. I'm at Cap underscore K Man with a K. Our show is at PHNX underscore D backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for being here uh, and so much for your time. On behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when uh, you're not a Bush League announcer. <laughs>